You're listening to Ghosted in West Virginia. Obsessors, oppressors, and possessors. It is I, Alec McCann, and with me as always, Julia and Oliver. And Ollie Bird. So we have a special story, and it's special because Julia is presenting it to us today. Yay! So I will sit back and relax, and Jules, you by all means take over. Okay. So it is about a woman named Cindy. Who, oh, Cindy! Who is haunted, basically. Oh, no! Alright, so a backstory of her. Is it recording? Yeah. Okay. She was the youngest of two girls living in Caseyville, Illinois. Her parents divorced when she was a baby, and her mother remarried when she was four. When she was eight, her stepfather was murdered only just a few feet from their home. Um, she spent nights crying and asking God why did he have to die and like what was the purpose of it how old was she? she was 8 but her whole her family is very religious okay um, one night she asked God if her stepfather was okay in her own words this is what she says happened in her book that she wrote called The Wall I asked if he was in heaven to let me know somehow. At that moment, I felt someone squeeze my hand really tight. I opened my eyes, but no one was there. I had communicated with the other side, and it scared me. She reports having continual activity after this event, and she could always feel the presence of someone around her. This is also around the time she describes leaving her body while she slept. She reports that she would also dream of certain events before they happen. Don't you do that? Sometimes, yeah. I don't leave my body. But I do dream of things and then later, similar things will happen. You know what a scientist would say? What? That was your subconscious picking up on patterns and and that your brain just wasn't able to recognize so it processed it during its sleep. Possible. Um, so then we fast forward to the death of her Aunt Joy, who sent word to Cindy's daughter, Sydney, that heaven is real. And then we go to October of 1982. I was not born yet. Me either. Um, Cindy had a freak accident, as she describes it, that left her back in really bad shape. She doesn't go into detail what happened, but surgery would have been too risky and too dangerous. There we go. I went too far. In October of 1983, so a year later, Cindy becomes pregnant with her second daughter by her boyfriend, Jake. In 1989, she moved to Belleville, Illinois, until the spring of 1991, when she finally got her injury settlement money and started looking to move back to Caseyville. However, Jake convinced her to look in Belleville. 
Uh, she told her mom's boyfriend, and he convinced her to look once again and reconsider because he wanted her to live closer to them. But this was the only time that her mother's boyfriend was ever mentioned. He's a big part of the story. Yeah. Um, so she made the final decision, or when she made the final decision... She started to have recurring nightmares, and the nightmare she would be running down a staircase, knowing but not seeing that someone was chasing her. She could feel their intent to kill her, and she could never look to see who or what it was chasing her. My mom used to have a similar dream. Yeah? But she'd be in a hospital running away from the Hulk. Oh. She was a child. I used to have recurring dreams of dinosaurs chasing me. Oh, I had one where I was in a car, and they were running alongside the car, and it was so awesome. Oh, gosh. I've had a lot of recurring dreams, and some of them are quite disturbing. Some of them are just annoying because they don't go away. The only recurring dream I ever had was for a week. I had a dream. This was, it was four or five. Whenever Wes Craven's new Nightmare came out, and it was on TV, and I caught it, you know, I watched it, and for a week, everybody I knew in my dreams, everybody I knew turned into Freddy Krueger. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, one day, as Cindy was dropping her kids off at school, she found the perfect house. I know. It was within walking distance to both her mom and Jake's parents' house. Um, so it would have been a perfect house, but the more she looked at it, the, she felt like the house was staring at her. The house was on a steep hill. Staring at her? Yes. And this is the house she, she ultimately is like, I don't really like it. Yeah. Um, the house was on a steep hill. It was built like a barn. Um, but living in Illinois, what? She's a Illinois. barn house. She was thinking about winter and decided that the hill wouldn't be good. For me, it would be good. Right. Well, I, I can understand the hill, though. That would be annoying to have to mow. Especially, you said it's the 80s, right? 91. 91? Well, still, that's a push mower age. Yeah. That's good exercise. People are healthy back then. No one's trying to exercise while they're doing yard work. They're trying to get it done so they can get in. That would be the only reason I would do yard work, if I didn't get beat by rocks. Uh, let's see. So, then she tells her mom and her friend about the nightmares that she have, and they laugh and jokingly say that maybe it's Jake doing it, because they don't get along, and he's a butthole. And he's a butthole. She finally found another house she was interested in right behind the school that her daughters were going to. Jake, however liked the barn house on the hill they liked the land and the fact that the kids could walk to each of their grandparents house it was the house itself they didn't like the first floor was built underground so it was dark and gloomy so of course jake and cindy began to argue about the houses i would be up for that dark and dark gloomy and under gloomy? Ew, it, yeah me. Well, my first, like, independent bedroom was in the basement where there were no windows. Ooh. I loved every second of it. That's awful. That was about it. Um, let's see. Cindy gave in to Jake, and they ended up buying the house on the hill. 
Cindy said, by giving in to Jake, I made the worst mistake of my life. I not only ruined my life, but also the lives of my children. Um, House on Haunted Hill! Right? Cindy said something wasn't right from the start. They had problems, like, immediately. The loan wouldn't go through. Oops, sorry, Zoe. I kicked her. That's what she gets. <laughs> Rude. The loan wouldn't go through for the house, and then it needed a new roof, and it needed this and that, and it was just one thing after another. And they finally got everything fixed. Oh, my gosh. And it all went through. What? <laughs> So, September of 1991, they moved in. So, while they were moving in, a little boy named Brett came to introduce himself. Brett said he lived in the trailer that was just right off of their property, up on top of the hill. Um, I thought they were on top of a hill. They are. But the trailer is also on top of the hill, just like right off of their property. How big is this hill, man? It's a big hill. Sounds like. Um, her daughters were seven and nine and brett was like right in between their ages and i will so he was eight yeah but i will (laughs) say through this whole story i expected brett to not be real oh you thought it was like imaginary yeah like but he's a demon type thing but he is real so okay spoiler alert no but i did expect him to not be a real person through this whole time Um, the next day, they were moving stuff in, and the flowers that Cindy thought were so beautiful was now keeping them from entering their house. Are you okay? (laughs) The whole place was swarming with hornets, so they started digging up the flowers instead of just spraying the bees, which doesn't make sense to me. Hey, I would rather just spray the bees as opposed to get rid of all my pretty flowers. Um, what are you going to spray them with? Bee killer. You can't kill bees? Hornets you can. Oh yeah, I guess you can. I don't know what kind of significance they play in the ecological system. What, hornets? Yeah. What does this mean? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, and it took them like all day to dig these flowers up because the roots went really deep into the ground. Which is strange because they're just flowers. You wouldn't think the roots would go... Well, they're like bushes, though, right? I don't know. It never clarifies. I would assume that they're they're, bushes. Yeah. But, I don't know. Um, So, they finally were done digging up the flowers. They got everything moved into the house. Cindy was standing in the kitchen looking around when she noticed the staircase and became... Was... She was overcame... Overcome... With the strangest feeling. (laughs) I've got a feeling. She'd been so caught up in buying the house that she hadn't even realized the staircase she was looking at was the exact same staircase that she had been having recurring dreams about. See, now that's strange to me because every time you see a person that goes into a haunted or like a house that they're buying that ends up being haunted and they've said they've had dreams about it or something like that they they walk into a house and immediately i don't i can't tell you how many times we've heard this they say it felt familiar to them yeah so it's weird to me that she's seen this house in her dreams or at least the staircase in her dreams walks in sees the staircase and is like all right there's the staircase and then immediately is like 
hey, or not immediately, but after she's like, okay, we've done seeing the house, she looks and is like, wait a minute, that staircase. To me, if I ha kept having a terrifying dream where someone I'm not looking back to see right? is trying to kill me on these staircases, I'm going to remember them staircases good. You would think so. But who knows? Um, so... While they were moving, Jake was off of work, and then he was getting ready to be going back to work the next day, but he would be working night shift. And so, of course, she, like, was worried if her and the children would be safe, which I feel like in 91, that shouldn't have really been an issue, but in Illinois, maybe it was. I, I mean, it's always been. Once, I feel like once the 70s happened and you started getting, like, the satanic panic of the 80s and, and early 90s and stuff like that, you, people started worrying about their children more and more. And then, as time progressed, there were more and more reasons to freak out. Yeah. But parents also were not quite as high-strung as parents today. That's true. You know, we had that basic rule of if the lamp streets or the street, <laughs> if the street lamps out, you better you better get home because it's dinner time. We didn't have street lamps. No, clearly not. And I, I played in the woods, so just I guess when you can't see, it's time to come home. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Um. So she's standing there looking at the stairs again, and I guess thinking about the dreams that she was having. When suddenly the house was really hot, which was strange to them because every time they had been there looking at the house and moving in, it was always really cool. Like supernaturally cool or no, just like just it was just like, it's a like a basement oh, okay. kind of cool. Um, so Jake went to open windows only to discover that a lot of the windows were fake. <laughs> I'd be mad. Like. Like, when you say fake, do you mean, like, they were painted on? Are they stickers of windows? No, I think it was just... I don't know what they meant. She, they just said it, it was fake in the book. How do you have a fake one? How do you buy a house and not know your windows are fake? Exactly. So they must have been, like, like maybe painted over, but you would think you could just scrape the paint off and open them. Maybe they can't open them. I, that sounds real. What's know. a fake window? Somebody, if you if you listen to this episode and you've been through what this woman's been through with fake windows, let us know what that means. Please. Um, the previous owners had said they replaced all the windows, so of course they were... Jake was mad that they were fake. Cindy, however, was just relieved that someone couldn't break into them. Like Maybe it means they couldn't open. But why couldn't they smash the window? Right? May I don't know. I don't know. What is a fake window? So, they all went upstairs because there was a window unit air conditioner up there. Cindy had told the girls to go get in a bath to get cooled off. And I guess whichever girl went in first started screaming. So, they, Cindy ran to the bathroom and the tub was full of a black substance. Which is demonic! Yes. So, she took the girls to her mom's house for a bath. The girls ended up spending the night with her mother. Her mom tried to get Cindy to stay as well, but she declined because she had too much stuff to do at the house. So, she went back home and left her girls there. Not me. I'd be like, all right, that's fine. Right? Now, Jake knows how to clean stuff up. And, right. And when he gets home, does Jake hit her? Is that why he's a butthole? 
we'll get there. Okay. Uh, so she leaves her mom's house. She goes back home and she starts putting like the canned foods and stuff in the cabinets. When she opened one of the cabinet doors, it fell off, and then like each one that she touched also fell off. And Jake was like, "Oh, it's okay. We'll fix it." No, I just like, bought this house. It should already be fixed. I'd be like, uh, first of all, don't talk to me. You see, I just touched this cabinet and it fell off. That means I have incredible power. Right? And then the light started flickering. Um, when no, they finally stopped, she finished putting the canned goods away and just propped the doors up until they got fixed. She plugged in the can opener and the breaker blew. Everything, everything went dark. Um, so Jake got the lights back on, and when he did, the lights in the kitchen just started going crazy. Like, that... I feel like this first day in this house... You're I gone? Yeah, I would have been like, this is bullshit. We have to move away. I'm leaving. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so Cindy decided to sit down. It was she sat in her kitchen chair, her table chair, whatever they're called, dining room chair... Their table chair. I don't know. Whatever. It the had, chair where they sit and eat. <laughs> it's like my flat cheese. <laughs> it had wheels on it, so when she sat down, she slid across the floor in the chair. Did she fall over? No, I oh. wish. So the floors weren't level either. She gets up and goes into the living room to put the TV on the TV stand, and it fell forward. She caught it just in time before it hit the floor. The floor had been raised up so high that it looked like a small hill, and she wondered why she had never noticed this before. That is weird. Like, how do you buy a house and not notice all this stuff? Unless it wasn't like that. Well, I mean, when you're going through a house, they take you through it, but they're trying to sell you the house. So what are the chances yeah. that they're going to say, oh, the, you don't, you'll need to fix this. Yeah, oh, this window is fake. Could have had, like, furniture rearranged in such a way that it wasn't, that it didn't look unlevel. Right. He said, oh my goodness. He likes these things. Are they good? <laughs> um, so since the upstairs bathtub had black stuff in it, she decided to take a shower in the bathroom downstairs. When she got out of the shower, the whole floor was covered in water. So she was aggravated, which I would be too. She went upstairs to brush her teeth, only to realize the sink upstairs was stopped up. Um, so she went to turn off the light and go back downstairs. And when she pulled the chain to turn the light off, it came back on. So she clicked it and did she hear another click or did it, it just doesn't say it just says oh. that when she turned it off, it came back on. So by this point, Jake was also getting irritated with everything that was happening. The next morning, the girls came back home, and Cindy's uncle Nick showed up to help move the refrigerator, washer, and dryer. When she went to plug the refrigerator in, the receptacle went through the wall. Then they discovered the utility room wasn't properly wired for her dryer, and the garbage disposal stopped working. Cindy got in touch with the real estate agent who contacted the previous owners who said that none of these issues happened to them when they lived there. Liars. Right? Which, if they did, why would you admit it? Um, Cindy's mom came over, and Cindy was telling her everything that was happening, and all of her, all her mom said to her was that she told her not to buy the house. <laughs> which, fair enough. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> right? Well, I told you not to buy it. You're, well, you're... You're... 
boyfriend told me to come right. here. So the dryer still wasn't hooked up, but the washing machine was able to. So Cindy had decided to do a load of laundry, and she had a clothesline outside, so it was okay. When the washing machine stopped, she took her clothes out to find that all of her clothes were now covered in the same black, oily substance that was in the bathtub. Um, Later that day, Brett's mom had come over to introduce herself, and her name was Kendra. She... She told her that her boyfriend, Bruce, also lived with her and Brett. Cindy told her that Jake was getting ready to start working night shift, and Kendra told her not to worry because someone was always at the trailer and they could see whenever anyone came up the hill. So I guess wherever they were positioned, they had a better view of the driveway than what Cindy had. Or maybe she was saying if someone's coming up the way and your boyfriend's not home... Bruce is here, and Maybe. and you know he gets his name from the comic book legend of Wayne. So he'll come out and he'll throw some batarangs mm. with his cape. Oh my! You didn't like that. <laughs> so Brett and the girls became really good friends. He came over every day to play while Cindy while Cindy was still unpacking. The girls were both excited to go to school because they had already gone to this school like previously. So they already knew people and stuff, only to find out that that school was already full and they had to go to a different school in the area. Ugh. Right. I'd be mad. I'd be like, just keep me home, Mom. Yeah. When they got back home, the bunk beds that Cindy ordered for the girls had arrived. The girls were in their bedroom putting things away when Sydney came running out with a strange look on her face. She said, I don't want to be in that room. Lindsay agreed with her and would not go in the room without her sister. She was continuing to unpack when she heard a knock at the door. It was Kendra and Brett. Kendra left Brett there to play with the girls. Since the girls wouldn't play in their bedroom, Brett helped Cindy move the boxes of toys into the living room upstairs. And then she decided... Yeah. Then she decided she didn't want the boxes there, so they carried them downstairs to the utility room where the washer and dryer was. I know why he screamed. He's getting his fingers stuck in his little O's. (laughs) You're silly. The children were busy playing in the utility room when Cindy noticed that the lights kept flickering on and off. The kids said it had been doing since they started playing. She sent Brett home, and the girls were getting ready for bed when Sydney said, Mom, please don't make me sleep in that room. Lindsay agreed she didn't like the room either. Since Jake was at work, she let the girls sleep in her bed, and she slept downstairs on the couch. Why wouldn't you just sleep with them? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they kick. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Um, So she sat down in the living room, and she looked around. She thought it was beginning to look really nice when her eyes stopped at the fireplace. She said it felt like someone had told her not to ever light it. Like, you know, when you get, like, intrusive thoughts in your head. There's another fireplace story. The parents, the uh, mother kept, you know, what precipitated a good bit of, what they believe precipitated a good bit of the activities when she lit the fire yeah. in the fireplace. I don't know if we've gotten to that part of the story yet. I may have ruined next Halloween, but. Oh, well. 
Um, Cindy was sound asleep when something woke her up. Her eyes went straight to the wall that led into her children's room. She got an eerie feeling that someone was in their room watching her, like looking out of the doorway and watching her. She... Weird. I was sound effects. It's a demon. <laughs> she had the TV on plus, <laughs> plus two lamps. And ever since she had her first little incident making contact with spirits, she always slept with this stuff on. I would never, I'd never sleep. That's all. Never I'm sleep? Ah, I've talked to a, no, a like, ghost. Like if the lights, oh, if the lights were all on. Be on all the time. Well, I mean, but it's a comfort thing. It's not really, it's not really, it's meant to help her. I, I, you don't have that experience, so you wouldn't, you know. True. Um, she noticed when she woke up that there was a talk show on, one that she'd never seen before. She checked all the rooms upstairs and downstairs. Everything seemed fine. No one was in the house, whatever. So she sat back on the couch and started watching the talk show when her eyes kept going back to the wall and she noticed that her heart kept skipping beats. So, then... Her and Jake had agreed they should call an electrician, which they should have done that to begin with. I yeah, as like. soon as as soon as the lights, he yeah. turned the breaker back on, and they said, "We're on, we're off, we're off, we're off, we're off." I would have immediately been like, "Yo, let's get the." Uh... Yeah. Um. She took the girls to their new school, and then she came home to do some more unpacking. Since she didn't get much sleep that night, she decided to lay down for a few minutes. She closed her eyes, and the next thing she knew, she was out of her body. Again. All of a sudden, she was being hit in the stomach and back, and she was being kicked. And she said the pain was unbearable. She couldn't see who was doing it, but she could feel it. Um, it's Jake in his right? astral body. And then, all of a sudden, she went back into her body, and it stopped. She opened her eyes and sat up, and she couldn't believe what had just happened. She'd been leaving her body since she was eight years old, but nothing like this has ever happened to her. Well, it's nice of the ghost demons not to beat up an eight-year-old. Right? Um, shaken up, she picked up the phone to call her mother. She explained what had happened, and her mom just told her, you know, you've been doing a lot, you've been moving a lot, you're probably just overdoing it, whatever. She agreed with her mom, but she knew better. She got up, and she needed to get herself together before the kids got home from school. All of a sudden, the TV in the kids' room started blaring. Jake was asleep in the bedroom, and so she was the only other one home until she got up and went and turned it off. The electrician wasn't coming for a few more days, and every night was the same. Light bulbs were going crazy. The circuit kept kicking off. She would doze off only to be awakened and her eyes would immediately fixate on the wall. The electrician came and he told her that someone had purposely turned her wiring around. The electrician fixed the wires in the box and everything was fine after that. What a weird thing for a ghost to do. Right? To be like, oh, that's like gremlin territory. Right? Her Uncle Tim showed up and she had mentioned... Uncle Tim! As she mentioned also that the TV in the kids' room kept turning on by itself. And the uncle and the electrician both had weird looks on their faces, but neither one of them said a word so about it. I know what this is. Mm -hmm. That's as strange as my old Uncle Bob. <laughs> that night, the electricity was okay, but Cindy still was only getting two hours of sleep uh, every night. 
So then one day Jake decides to bring home a puppy. Yay! I would be so excited. Um, Cindy was not excited because apparently he brought home dogs all the time, but then she was the one left taking care of them, which I wouldn't care. Yeah, I was going to say, that's your dream. Bring me all the puppies, especially if they're pit bulls. Bring them to me. So after cuddling the puppy, she felt a little more at ease with it. She took the puppy in the house and put her in the kitchen, and she made a beeline for the door and began scratching and whining until they took her back outside. You put me back outside this evil house! After Jake went back to work, things got weird again. Light bulbs were blowing. The garbage disposal that Jake had fixed stopped working. Cindy went to brush her teeth, and the sink was stopped up again. The bathroom light would turn off. Bless you. Bless you. Um, And then she picked up the phone to call her mom, and the phone had stopped working. The line was completely dead. Yet another demonic thing. Yep. So then I guess Cindy just accepted it. She laid down around 10 o'clock, and again at midnight she woke up. The same talk show had just started. Her eyes went to the wall, and her heart started skipping beats again, so she just sat there and waited until it was daylight. Oh, I'm just now getting why the book is called The Wall. The wall is going to be a prominent thing that she keeps staring at, isn't it? Yes. When the girls left for school, Cindy and Jake got into a heated argument over the house. Cindy felt like it was her money, and she should have gotten the house that she wanted, which, fair enough, it was her money. (laughs) He's just a boyfriend. They're not even married. Like, I would have been like, I'm buying this house. You can live with me or you don't have to. I got your child, so. So, that's up to you, but this is the house I'm buying. Um, Jake was still in the bedroom when Cindy slammed the door and walked outside. She was walking out um, towards the dog to go play with the dog when someone pushed her from behind so hard that it knocked her down. She thought it was Jake, so she turned around to start, like, screaming at him. <laughs> it's all on the edge run out there. Jake, right? oh, oh, Jake, from the story, that guy was cracking up. Let's pretend that dude's name was Jake, and he pushes her and runs away <laughs> real, real, as quick as he can. Oh, Lord. Um, so, she turned around to scream at him, and no one was there. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. She looked at the pe- at the puppy who was ready to play with her, but was now like frozen, just staring past her. She ran back into the house only to find Jake snoring. That evening, Brett came over again. He was faking it. She said that she that Brett was like the son she never had. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. She did so much unpacking until she was absolutely exhausted. She knew it was time to stop. She laid on the couch, and within seconds, she was asleep. Yeah. Then she felt herself slipping out of her body again. What is up with this woman and her mushroom trips? I don't know. She, she has children. She can't just be doing mushrooms all the time. Now, I, I don't think it's, you know my business but it's hard to parent i think when you can't count how many children you have probably um okay so when she got out of her body she was being hit and kicked again and then went back into her body and it was over 
One morning, Cindy tried to tell Jake what was happening, and he basically laughed at her and said, every house you've ever lived in has been haunted. Fair enough, Jake. Right? (laughs) So he didn't take any of it seriously at all. She had called someone to come look at the phone, which was dead. He came to look at the phone and said nothing was wrong with it, and of course, while he was there, it was working. Um... Things weren't getting any better, and she still wasn't sleeping. Every time <laughs> every time she dozed off, something would wake her up. Uh, the, her girls would bring the puppy inside and try to force it to go, like, into the kitchen and stuff like that. And the puppy would just scream and run back outside. Scream. <laughs> yes. Um, Cindy had decided that she had already put so much money into the house that whether she liked it or not, she needed to get comfortable being there. Would you like me to give him something to play with in the living room? Sure. I shall pause this. Okay. Um, things started disappearing, which that happens to us all the time. Yeah. She called her sister, and the phone worked. She called her sister to tell her she had exercise equipment that she was getting rid of and asked if she wanted it. So her and her nephew came over to get it. Um, Her nephew, who typically was really close to her, like didn't want to spend time with her. He could not wait to get out of the house. Like Hmm. he acted like he couldn't leave fast enough. Jake and her started fighting more and more. One day when the girls left for school, Jake had told Cindy to come into the bedroom. The next thing she knew, Jake had an oversized pillow over her face holding her down. (laughs) She managed to get away from him and found herself sitting at her mom's house in the driveway. She stayed there for the day. When it was time for the girls to come home, she waited at the bus stop for them, and she sat there thinking about what had happened earlier that morning. She remembered the strange look on Jake's face and the faraway look in his eyes. She dreaded going back to the house, but knew that she had to. When she came in, she never mentioned anything about it, and neither did Jake. First of all, why'd you have to? You didn't want to live there. Right. On October 10th, Sydney, Brett, Lindsay, and Cindy were sitting outside. The kids were drawing with chalk on the patio area. Lindsay came running to Cindy crying and repeated something that Brett had said that sent chills down Cindy's spine. He said, I'm going to nail your mom to the wall at midnight. Cindy asked Brett why he said it, and he said he didn't know. Well, that's the last time you're coming over, young man. Right? After that, things kept getting worse. Cindy was sleeping, and something pulled her eyelashes hard enough that it hurt. Like, first of all, you don't touch my eyes. I would be throwing hands. At what? The air. Whatever. She looked around and no one was there. She hadn't even been sleeping for an hour yet. As she began to fall back asleep, something hit her in the arm. She looked around and no one was there. Her eyes went to the wall and her heart started skipping beats again. By now she was up and she wasn't tired anymore. I would say not. She tried to talk to Jake again, and he acted like everything was a big joke. She called her mom, who told her that her sister and her nephew were there with her birthday gift. She told them to bring it over, and they would not. She begged her sister to come over, and she finally gave in and did. She asked her nephew if he wanted to spend the weekend there with her, and he said no. 
she didn't understand this strange behavior because they were really close. Right. They stayed long enough for her to open her gift, and then they left. Um, things went from bad to worse with Jake and Cindy. Is it time? Got five minutes. All right. Um, sometimes they wondered if the evil thing in the house... Or wait. Sometimes Cindy wondered if the evil thing in the house was controlling Jake. She was laying on the couch and thinking, I know you're in there, so why don't you show yourself? It's not fair you can see me, but I can't see you. Right after that, she fell asleep, and she was punched so hard, she opened her eyes and looked at the wall. Staring back at her was a small boy that looked just like her nephew. He was wearing a black beanie cap, a white shirt with a beige vest, khaki pants to his knees, and black stockings from the knees down. His shoes were black with a strap across them, and they were just staring at each other. Nope. Would not be stabulous. All right, well, uh, thank you for showing up. Right. Uh, gotta go. Gotta see you later. Pretty much. The boy motioned for Cindy to follow him, and it was as if she could read his mind. He didn't speak, but she knew that he wanted her to come play with him. She felt like everything was drained out of her, and she watched him go around the corner and just disappear. After that, she slept for five hours, which was the most she had ever slept being in that house. Well. The next morning, she wondered where he went and how this small child was beating her up so bad. Fair enough. Right? She was still being woke up every night at midnight and still being punched by the little, but the little boy never appeared again. One day, a friend of Cindy's named Kathy came by, and Cindy could tell she didn't like the house because she came by and she just couldn't wait to not be there anymore. Right. Um, that night, Jake flew into another rage. It started when Kendra came over and asked Cindy to stop by her work if she wasn't busy. Jake never allowed Cindy to go places, which, excuse me. <laughs> Uh, while Jake was getting ready for work, he screamed at Cindy, Cindy the whole time. And as he was pulling out of the driveway down the hill to go to work, he was still screaming at her. Does he happen to get hit by a car on his way to work at all? No. So Bruce came to just check on her and make sure she was okay. Well, good, good job, Bruce. All right. Cindy got invited to set up with two of her friends at a yard sale on Main Street in Caseyville. And Jake had a fit about it and told her that she had no business sitting on Main Street all day. She always did what Jake had wanted her to do, but this time she said she had enough. The next day, all hell broke loose with Jake. She noticed he'd been drinking. She called Jake's mom and her mom and told them that she needed help. Jake's mom had talked him into leaving with her for a few days. That night, Jake came back and was trying to break the door down. Cindy called the police, and they still hadn't arrived yet when Jake came around the corner with an axe. The police ended up just taking Jake back to his mom's. The dude came around the corner with an axe? Right? No! Don't take him to jail! Right? They sound like they're about as helpful as cops yeah. around here. Right? A few days later, uh, they set up a time for the police to come to her house so Jake could get all of his stuff out. Cindy told him she would sign her car over to him since his was broken down. Jake would walk back and forth down the road until the girls would see him and get upset. Um, Cindy finally agreed to talk to him. He promised to quit drinking if she gave him another chance, and she told him that she needed to think about it. So, no. Right? She still went to the yard sale, 
But while she was there, Jake kept driving by, and she was afraid that he would cause a scene, so she just left and went home. What kind of... I won't drink anymore, but you're also treating me like you right? get to keep me. Um, some nights, Cindy would get punched in the stomach or the arm by someone unseen. One particular night, she woke up and was shocked to find a man standing there. He was the opposite side of, the, of where the small boy had appeared. He was tall with dark hair and handsome. He was dressed in a white shirt with puffy sleeves and had dark pants. I typed darked. Dark? Yeah. It's darked up? Yep. Dark pants that were tucked into his boots at the knee. They made eye contact and Cindy was so afraid. Um, his eyes held evil and hatred. Frightened, she turned her head and when she looked back, he was gone. Boom, boom, boom. This episode of Ghosted in West Virginia is brought to you by Right Live. Weddings, private events, band and DJ bookings, live sound, and more. Contact Right Live for all your event needs. We are dedicated to providing entertainment, promotion, production for all of your special events. Contact them at rightliveevents.com, rightliveevents at gmail.com, or on Facebook at Right Live. Until then, enjoy Ghosted by Right Live. Welcome back after that impromptu uh, ad thing. So, back to the story. Yay! Okay, so a day or two later, Jake began walking past the house and crying. <laughs> um, so the, Takes a big man to make some children feel bad right? for him. So the girls and Cindy started to feel bad for him. Um, that night, uh, after Cindy got, um, the night, that night after being awakened, Cindy refused to look at the wall. She went to the bathroom and when she washed her hands, she was shocked at what she saw in the mirror. It was not her. This woman was old with thin gray hair. Her eyes and face were wrinkled and sunk in. When she went to pull the chain to turn the light off, she felt someone pull the chain with her. What would you do? Um, you feel someone pulling the chain with you? I don't know. I mean, it would definitely scare me, but I don't know. Would you leave? Would you be like, I'm out? We're, probably we're... for the rest of the day. Yeah. Like, in, even though Jake's a butthole, I'd probably be like, hey, you want to come back? <laughs> <laughs> um... So then Jake stopped by. He started staying with them again, but he never moved, never moved his stuff back into the house. Um, one morning, Cindy got up and went to the bathroom and heard what she thought was a gunshot. She ran into the living room to find that the ceiling fan was hanging out of the ceiling. She started noticing a change in her girl's behavior. Sydney was always afraid and stuck close by her, and Lindsay had begun acting out. She was hitting and kicking Cindy until Cindy finally snapped and spanked her, and then she hit her and kick her, kicked her even more. That means she didn't have a firm enough hand. Right. <laughs> Cindy's friend Haley stopped by and she decided to stay the night. She offered her the girl's room and she declined it. The next morning, Haley told her that she didn't sleep at all. When she asked her why, she said because it felt like someone was in the room with her all night. 
Uh, so then we fast forward a little bit more, and one day her phone... What have you done, Oliver? Oh my goodness. What happened? Her phone rang, and it was her friend Allie, who she hadn't spoken to since she moved back to Caseyville. She wanted Cindy to come work with her at a hotel that she worked at. She told Jake, and he was against it, and they fought about it, like usual. So, when she picked the girls up from school, she went and, I went and got an application Why from the hotel. Why does she keep acting like this Jake dude gets an opinion? Have you been in an abusive relationship? Like, where someone was big enough to overpower you? No. Why do you have to be so cold, man? I'm not. So she hid the application until Jake went to work. And when he went to work, she filled it out. Um, and then she loaded the girls up in the van and took the application back. She got the job and she was to start the following week. She had gone to get a physical because of her heart skipping beats and whatnot. The doctor did an EKG, he told her everything was fine. You know, whatever. Um, so she started her job and she would get ready with the girls in the morning. When they got on the bus, she'd go to work and then she was home when they got home from school. That's a that's a cush gig. Yeah. I like, used to that's have a, that when, at the trading post. Yeah, it was great. Um let's see. And she loved the job, which is always a plus, too. Um, she still wasn't sleeping, and one day she got off work, she opened the door, and she smelled wood burning. The fireplace was blazing. She had told Jake never to light it, so she asked him why he did light it, and he just looked at her. Like, that makes me mad when stuff like that happens. Um, she laid on the bed with him and felt herself falling asleep. She could feel herself slipping out of her body. The next thing she knew, this is where her dreams come into play. She was running and someone was chasing her. She made it to the stair, her staircase. She was halfway down when she looked into the kitchen and it was now a laboratory. There were two men with lab coats on. One man was shaking a test tube and they, she could tell they were talking but she couldn't hear what they were saying. She also saw herself, but she looked like someone that was working in a coal mine. She ran up, back up the steps, and she could see her other body, I guess, was getting the worst beating that it had ever gotten. It went on and on, and when she thought she couldn't take anymore, it began hitting her harder. Giggity. When she, when she tried to get back into her body, this thing wouldn't let her get back into her body. It kept pulling her back out and beating her. So, finally, it let her go back in and she woke up. Alright, so hold on. Before we go further, explain this idea of an astral projection to me. <clears throat> I don't know. I've never done it. But I, I have to assume you have some sort of understanding. Is it a soul? Is that what you're putting out there in the universe? Is your soul leaving your body? Are you dying? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I have no idea, really. Because if it is the case that the whole functionality or whatever your soul is, because it seems like if you lose your soul, you just yeah. a body. So yeah, if you I don't so, know. and that and I don't know. Okay, go I ahead. Have no Sorry. Idea. We'll have to look into that. Um, I guess. 
let's see. Oh, Jake lighting the fireplace had given whatever was in the house more power. And Cindy thought that it was mad at her because she had gotten a job and wasn't in the house all the time anymore. So, after that, whatever was in the house would, like, stick her with what felt like needles or, like, burn her. And it would always hurt and she would jump, but it never left any kind of mark on her. Yikes. What? Okay. Well, that's... That's terrifying. But that par for the course. Again, fireplaces take a big part of it. Like Amityville. Remember in Amityville, both movies, the book, all the accounts were that George Lutz could not get warm no matter how much fire he put into the stove. Yeah. Um, I wonder what it is. I don't know. So whatever it was had gotten more powerful and it was smart. One day her cousin Will had come by with his girlfriend Kelly. They were sitting at the table when the phone rang and either Will or Kelly had answered it. I don't know which one. Um, And it was someone for Cindy, but when Cindy got on the phone, the line went dead and no one was there. Ah, phone's acting up again. Uh, Then the TV started messing up. So Jake had like not like paranormal messing up like the signal kept going out so jake got on the roof to mess with the satellite thing what is there anything in that cup no okay what 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 happened to jake while he was out on that roof my dear something bad happened to jake while he was out on that roof my dear so he gets up on the roof and then Lindsay comes running into the house where cindy is saying that brett said he was going to split jake's head open with a tool that he had was playing with and he was like twirling the tool around and so cindy of course was like why did you say this and he was like i don't know like he did about when he said stuff with about her i'd root that kid on split his head open. right i'm over here hoping that he gets santa claus yes all right so then yes <laughs> On a Monday, when the girls got off the school bus, they told Cindy that Brett had spit in their hair. Brett said he would so- he was sorry and he would never do it again. Later that night, Kendra had come over to talk to Cindy and told her that the night before she had caught Brett playing with matches. And he told her when she went to sleep, he was going to burn their trailer down. She- <laughs> So, then they start having issues with the dog. She would sit outside and bark and whine all night, but she refused to come into the house. Every night, Cindy would take a five-gallon bucket of water out to her, and by morning, it would be empty and on the other side of the yard where the chain did not reach. Um, <clears throat> one night in particular, she, the dog was barking and freaking out. Cindy went outside to check on her, and the dog was staring at her with her eyes growing green, green, green. And so Cindy, <laughs> Cindy was terrified and ran back inside. The next morning, when she, when she went outside, she found the bucket on the other side of the yard as usual, but it was still full of water. <laughs> Uh, she also saw giant footprints all around the dog, and just it's like giant footprints, like six feet. I guess, and six she never of- mentions if they're like animal footprints or people footprints. Well, I, she if she used the word footprints, then chances are they were just footprints. 
like people ones. Yeah, but maybe they had some claws. I don't know. Because maybe they used demonic. Maybe. So after this happened, at night her light switches started to shoot sparks at her. <laughs> oh well, then. Right. Um, her uncle Tim had refused to come back to the house. <laughs> he said, "Oh no, it's shooting what?" Right. Oh, and sorry. He had admitted that when he was there to hook up the dryer, um, he had started shaking and felt like he couldn't breathe, and that's why he left so fast and said he wasn't coming back. The next night was much worse, and at the time, Cindy didn't know it would be the last night she would ever sleep in that house again. Cindy said her prayers, and she laid down for her two hours of sleep. The next thing she knew, when she woke up, the talk show was already over. The evil in her house had let her sleep. Th sleep. Um, she had been living in the house for two months, and every night she would wake up at the exact same time. She looked over at the wall and saw something moving out of the corner of her eye. She saw pinkish smoke coming out of the wall. Her first thought was that she was being warned of a fire. At first, she thought it was just a small amount coming out, so she got up and went over to it to look at it, and it started pouring out of the wall. It took form into a huge cloud, and in the middle was like a ball of energy, she says. Come um, she said that the power and the strength she could feel from it was unbelievable. She was so afraid she couldn't move. The living room lights started to flicker. The TV sound was cutting in and out. <clears throat> and it was as if the thing was pulling energy from everywhere. She watched it pass through the wall and go into the room where her daughters were. Lindsay then came running out of the room screaming, I know what you did and I hate you. Cindy told her she didn't do anything and tucked her back into bed. <laughs> That's not a response! Right? I know what you did and I hate you for it! That's all right. I didn't do Let's nothing. Let's go back to bed. Let's go to bed. So after this happened, Cindy called her grandma and it was like 5 o'clock in the morning. But, you know, elderly people go oh, to yeah. bed when the sun goes and get up with the sun. Uh, she had told her everything that was going on in the house, and her grandma told her she needed to get out of the house. When she woke the girls up for school, Lindsay had no recollection of what had happened the night before. Um, she went to her mom's that afternoon after work, and she started crying. And I guess called other people in her family, because they were all religious. Right. Her Uncle Todd had called her and told her... What she described was the devil himself. Sydney said that she knew about the evil thing and it had never hurt her or touched her, but she could feel it around her all the time. I'm conflicted here because, I, as you know, I was a religious person. Yes. I had, you know, uh, training in, in scripture and stuff, and I've been reading a lot now about stuff. Not once have I ever heard of Satan being described as a pink smoke that'll come out your wall and look like a cloud with a ball in the middle of it. Yeah, I don't know. What you described was Satan himself. What you described was a mushroom hallucination. Right. I don't know. <laughs> um, unless it was like the devil disguising himself as a pink cloud of smoke. Yeah. I don't know. I was not raised religious. I don't know much about it. Um, Lindsay didn't have much to say about the situation at all, but she was being affected more than the other children were. 
child. Other child? Yeah. More than the other <laughs> child. Um, her uncle... Todd, wait. Okay. Her uncle Todd had called her back again, and he was asking her some questions. He told her that she was being beat up at the bewitching hour, which was at midnight, and told her to get the Bible and start praying Psalm 91. That night, she didn't sleep at all, and she stayed up all night praying. Um, Allie, that she worked with, wanted Cindy to come talk to her mother, Caitlin, who was also really religious. They got Cindy to talk to a priest. Um, so it doesn't really go into much detail, but she talked to him, and they he told her they would keep in touch. Oh, okay. That's um, nice of them. Right? Cindy's mom and her uncle Randy had offered to go back to the house to get more clothes for her and the girl. Girls. <laughs> she, told, <laughs> she, she either has one daughter or two. We're right? not sure. She told them on one condition they had to pray before going in and pray again before leaving. They agreed. When they got back to Cindy's mom's house and walked in the door, the TV turned off. She asked if they prayed. They said yes, but they both looked scared. Her sister had given her the number to a psychic named Carrie. How good. Right? She called her, and Carrie said, you know, you're not crazy. What's happening to you is real. Um, I'm sorry, but this thing is too powerful for me to go into your house. It's like a demon. It's like a demon? Yeah. Did she say it's like a demon, or it's like a demon? It's demon-like. Oh, it's... It's demon like. So she told Cindy not to be afraid of the fire in the house and that the thing was just doing it to scare her. She explained to her that her heart troubles were coming from the entity using her energy to make itself stronger. So, like, it's just giving you panic attacks. Yes. Chill um, out, man. Kendra called Cindy to tell her that Jake hadn't been up at the house in a few days and no one had been feeding their dog. Which, this whole time, as a dog owner, why would you leave your dog by itself? Like, if I can't take my dog somewhere, I'm not going. Yeah. Well, um, but some people don't look at it the way you do. I guess. Um, so, Cindy and her mother went up to feed the dog. And when they got up on the top of the hill, there was a large crucifix hanging by the front door. When they got back to Cindy's mother's house, her mother started to get really sick. <laughs> One night before Christmas, Cindy's Uncle Randy stopped by and told her that the house was lit up like a Christmas tree and every light was on inside the house. On Christmas Eve, Cindy's cousins parked down the street from the house and just watched the house. And they said that they kept seeing someone standing in one of the windows. On Christmas Day, her friend Allie called her and asked her who all was at her house. She told her no one, and Allie told her that she just drove by and saw a man standing in the upstairs window. It was Santa Claus! <laughs> Santa! Uh, so Cindy and her sister see? rode up to the house to see who it was. As soon as Cindy opened the door and stepped inside, she knew that the evil had tricked her, and she prayed that it didn't follow her back to Cindy's mother's house. Um, Cindy realized that she hadn't been called into work for a while, and she wondered why, but when she was at work, weird things would happen there, too. <laughs> so they were like, just don't call yeah, Cindy. Yeah, pretty much. Um, lights would flicker in the hallways when they were in that, like when they were going through the hallways. They had gone into a room and there was a Bible laying on the floor. Which, oh, nice. 
I mean, that could have been the people who stayed there before. Just, I'm going to start doing that. Every time I stay in a hotel, I'm going to just leave the Bible open. Well, they clean the rooms. Well, that's what she does. She's oh. a room cleaner. So, I mean, that could have just been somebody doing that. Um, on Sunday, she was going to church with her uncle, but she had to go up to her house to get like clothes to wear to church because I guess back in these times people still wore dresses to church. <laughs> back in these times? <laughs> the priest, Father Anderson, called her and told her to be careful because whatever was there Father knew, Anderson Cooper. Yep. Knew she was trying to get away from it. When her aunt and uncle arrived, they got into Cindy's van to go up to the house and halfway down the hill, Cindy realized she didn't have any brakes. <laughs> They made it to the house and went inside. She was surprised to see that her picture of Jesus was still hanging up. Her uncle Nick asked her where the wall led downstairs and into what room. She said she never really thought about it. So he followed it and like he went downstairs and was knocking on stuff and they were yelling to see if like, anything would happen. Yeah. Um, he... Uh, he found that the evil thing was coming from the furnace room. He told her that the people and the strange things were coming straight from underground into the furnace room. That's also underneath the utility room where the kids would play and the lights would flicker. Cindy started to get a really bad feeling. My page went too far again. Oh, no! Um, so, they went downstairs and they smelled something really gross that wasn't there when they came in. Like death or sulfur? I don't know. It doesn't say. It just said something smelled horrible. Either one is bad. Yeah. So they checked the refrigerator because she hadn't been staying there in a while but nothing in the refrigerator was spoiled. The smell got worse on the other side of the room. Her aunt had told her that the smell was following her. It was so close to her she was getting nauseous and she ran outside and started throwing up. She's been she's been farting this Ew. entire time. The next thing she knew, she was on the ground and something was holding her down and choking her. Her aunt and uncle stood and watched as if they couldn't move. Suddenly, there was a loud roar and they picked her up and threw her into the van. Her body went limp and she was crying so hard she couldn't speak. You've got this, Cindy. <laughs> We'd step in, but we can't see what's jacked you. Right? They told her that it sounded like the roar they heard came out of her. Oh. Yeah. Um, that Sunday at church, everyone kept telling Cindy to go back to the house and to not back down to whatever was there. Then a woman walked over her and said she wanted to pray over her and led her to a room where there were other people waiting. The woman told her to sit down and they began praying and speaking in tongues and they did this for like four hours. But like, okay, so when they say speaking in tongues, do they mean like they were speaking in actual language? Because that's, that, that's what that miracle was. It was them speaking in actual language, not... Not speaking angelic language or anything like that. That's that is the most annoying thing people use as a sign of the Holy Spirit. I think if someone prayed over me for four hours after about five minutes, I'd be like, "Okay, I'm done." Yeah, we're good. I gotta go. I think God's heard you. Right after church, she was so tired. She went to her mother's and she took a nap. Um, she went into a really deep sleep. It was hard to listen to all them people talking right? at her. That would be exhausting. She went into a really deep sleep, and she had a dream that she was standing on a hill. 
a hill that was all too familiar to her. It was the hill behind her house, and it smelled of freshly dug dirt. She looked down to where the house should have been, but it wasn't there. What she did see frightened her. Y'all are distracting. Sorry. There was a group of men standing in a circle. They were all dressed in black hooded robes. The men were all down on their hands and knees doing some kind of ritual. Their arms were rising up and down as if they were worshiping whatever was in the middle of the circle, and they were all chanting. Oh, good. Silent Hill. Right? She got closer. She could see them, but she, but they couldn't see her because she's dreaming, remember? Oh, right. Okay. Um, so the men had dug a hole, and in the middle was a large wooden crate. The lid was closed, but she knew there was a dead body inside. And then all of a sudden, she was lying on a bed with the Bible across her chest, and her dream was over. It's like my kind of dreams that I have. They're Except ridiculous. you don't wake up with the Bible That's on true. your chest. Um, Father Anderson called her, and he wanted her to go into the house with him when he decided to go in. The whole week before she prayed so much and prayed the entire night before, the day had come, and she met Father Anderson. He, Cindy, and her mother got into the van and they headed towards the house. Father Anderson brought another priest with him. At the church, okay, so I guess they met at the church first. Well, it's nice of them to meet at the church. Right. They had candles lit, they prayed, and holy water was put on all of them. When they got to the house, Father Anderson opened the Bible and started reading from it. They were throwing holy water on the wall saying Jesus be with us and then they blessed the dog with holy water as well (laughs) Cindy thanked them and made plans with her mother to get dinner with her and the girls to celebrate they were all excited and happy but Cindy still felt like something was wrong but she ignored it and she went and enjoyed dinner oh you never ignore that stuff right Um, so after dinner they loaded up Cindy's van so she could move back into her house And she told her mom they'd be back the next day for the rest. When they arrived back at the house, Cindy was expecting it to be tore up, but it looked normal. The girls were playing, and Cindy felt the hair rise on the back of her neck. She told herself that that she was just nervous, and she got up and went upstairs. It was then that she realized this was more than being nervous. She could feel its presence all around her. Her ears started closing up. She decided not to say anything to the girls, and she went back downstairs. That's when she heard Sydney scream, Mommy, it's still here. Help me. She ran over to the stairs, and the thing had a hold of Cindy. Sydney. If my name was Cindy, I couldn't name my child Sydney. No. It's too close and confusing. Well, you're not saying your name ever. True. It held her up so she couldn't get down the stairs. Cindy ran toward her and it let Sydney go. (laughs) They waited for Jake to get there so they could tell them they were leaving. And, of course, they argued about it. Right. Um, She couldn't believe that he wanted them to stay there. Jake then decided that he was leaving, too. They all walked out together. When they got to the bottom of the hill, Jake went to his mom's and she went to hers. She called Father Anderson and told him what had just happened, and he said he was not going back into the house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like, you're a priest. You're supposed to help me. Like, this is your job. Right? Spiritual warfare. This is what you signed up for. So, she decided that she was going to put the house back on the market. Jake argued about it. (laughs) 
He told her that he would just tear the house down and rebuild it. She explained that there were bodies buried under the house. Jake, 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 Jake threatened to burn the house down and dig the bodies up because that wouldn't make things worse. Right. Um, Cindy and Jake spent New Year's Eve together. Why? It sounds like he's an awful individual. He is. And the next morning, the realtor had called and said someone wanted to come look at the house. Cindy and Jake went up to the house that morning to make sure the floors were clean and to do some laundry. While Cindy was checking the laundry, water droplets formed on her arms. She told Jake that the evil thing <laughs> was throwing holy water back at her. She threw it back. She threw it back at her. Yes. She said, God bless this house, and he said, No, thank you. <laughs> Oliver thinks it's fun. Isn't it funny? She felt something cold as ice right next to her, and when the clothes had finished drying, she didn't even fold them. She just stuffed them in a basket and went to her mom's, and that picture is about to come off the wall. <laughs> I can't control him. At bath time, she realized she was out of shampoo, so she went back up to the house to get it. She told the girls to wait on the porch. She got the shampoo and left. Not long after this, her mom was cooking, and her mom was out of oil. So again, Cindy went back up to the house. Um, she took Sydney with her this time. She looked around the kitchen and eventually found the cabinet she put the oil in. She figured since she was already there, she would take some of the canned goods back to her mother's house with her. So she got a bag and sat down on the floor and started putting cans in the bag. Um, she felt someone behind her, but <laughs> she assumed that it was Sydney. Suddenly, she hears screaming coming from the utility room. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was Sydney. She came running in with a beet red face and shaking and crying and begged Cindy to leave. Cindy told her that when she was in the utility room, she went in to see her toys, which how sad is that? Right. Um, and there were so many ugly faces in the wall coming out at her. Ooh. A few days later, or a few days had passed and she needed something from the house again. She couldn't get a hold of Jake, so her mom went up with her. As soon as they went inside, her mom started to feel sick. And by the time they got back to the house, her mom was like really sick. Right. Like, like vomiting or like... It doesn't go into detail. She just progressively got worse and worse um, cancer Well, no, as I she went. Probably vomiting because I don't think she was sick to begin with. Oh. Okay. You think she's faking it? No, like she didn't have cancer or Oh, anything. I mean like, well, no, entities have been shown to after a haunting, all of a sudden a person that didn't have cancer has cancer. Oh. I don't know then. The psychic told Carrie that Cindy needed to keep her mother away from the house, and if she was smart, she would stay away as well. And as we go into the story, you're going to find out how not smart Cindy really is. All right. Um, her sister and nephew had come to visit. On the way home, her nephew was scared that something evil had followed them, so they stopped at a church on the way home. When they started walking up the sidewalk, the church bells started going crazy. They kept walking, and when they got to the front door, it wouldn't open. Her sister kept pulling on the door, but it was locked. She told her son that something wasn't right. Just then, a man walked from the back of the church, and he told her he was looking for the priest but couldn't find him. Which is weird. A few evenings later, 
Kendra called and asked what got stirred up on the hill. She asked what was going on, and she said they were so afraid they called her aunt, and she told them to read Psalm 91. Whatever was in the house had now made its way to Kendra's trailer. A few days later, Kendra called again and said they were coming home. Said, what? Uh, when they were coming home, their car headlights hit a kitch the kitchen window in Cindy's house, and there was a man standing in the window looking outside. Um, after this, everything started getting worse. The insurance guy dropped the house off of the insurance because he found out that Cindy was no longer living in it. She said she would move back in, but the insurance guy said that he, it didn't matter. He didn't want anything to do with the house. The people in the apartment above her mom complained about her girls being too loud. Cindy's mom eventually quit talking to her and they started avoiding each other. So she would stay a few nights at her mom's house and a few nights at her friend Haley's house. One night at Haley's house, she left her body again. She didn't know where she was, but she wasn't getting beat up. When she got back to her body, she looked around and she had a feeling that someone was around her. The next day, the realtor called and said someone would be back at the end of the week to look at the house. So she had a couple days to go get it clean before these right. people came. Um, Sydney had offered to go with her because she so that she didn't have to go alone. Cindy That's was nice of her. I know. Cindy was on her hands and knees scrubbing the floor when she got pushed so hard it knocked the breath out of her. So she started praying and kept mopping. Uh, she was almost done when. Well, before that, she had given Sydney some, like, quarters and stuff to play with. So, she was almost done mopping when this thing started taking the coins from Sydney. She kept praying until she, they left. Um, day by day, she felt like she was getting stronger and less afraid of the house. Her and Jake started meeting once a week to go to the lawn, or go to the house to do laundry because her mom just lived in an apartment building and right. whatever. I guess they didn't have a washing machine there. Or maybe it was like one of the... One of the their on-site yeah. washing machines. Um, and occasionally while they were doing laundry, something would poke her or burn her, but it wasn't like... Like it was before? Yeah. Um, Allie had called her and said that her she had a neighbor named Rick who was a student at Washington University, and he was interested in the house because he was studying haunted houses and wanted to know if him and some of his classmates could come stay at the house. She thought about it, and then she told him she wasn't responsible for anything that happened, but they could come stay. The next day, she met the students at the house. They toured the house and felt the temperature differences, but nothing crazy. Rick had said that the house was definitely haunted. The next day, he asked if him and a friend could bring equipment to the house to see if they could detect anything. She agreed. They met at midnight, and they sat with the lights off. For No. No, thank you. When she said the evil thing was by her, they turned the lights on, and the whatever equipment they were using was broken. Um... I'm malfunctioning or... Just completely broken. Like, to bits? Yes. Well, I don't know. Like, the... <laughs> okay. <laughs> it just wasn't working anymore. Um, they all left. They were driving down the hill, and Cindy's brakes on her van had gone out again. She never heard from Rick again after that night. <laughs> Guess he didn't want the house that badly. Right. 
Um, Kendra called again saying that Jake wasn't coming to feed the dog. It was a nice day and Cindy had decided to just go by herself since it was daytime. She didn't want to go into the house alone, so she unleashed the dog and took her with her. The dog wouldn't go inside, which she never would. Yeah, well, why, why would you yeah. expect her to do something she hasn't done? Um, as she was filling up the water bucket, the dog started growling at the steps and barking. When she noticed that she could see the dog's breath, but it was hot in the house, mm. which is weird as well. Um, so then an old friend named Bridget contacted her and wanted to go to the house. Um, Cindy agreed, and the first time they went, nothing happened, so Bridget wanted to spend the night. Cindy told her, okay, as long as she promised not to go to sleep. Cindy, her girls, Brett, Bridget, and her daughter all went to the house to spend the night. Like, this psychic woman just told you to stay away from it. The preacher, the priest man, won't come back. None of the preachers from the churches they talked to would come there. And you're going to take... So the insurance guy was yeah, like, no, thank you. You're going to take all these children and people to go spend the night in this house. Um, That's what you mean by an idiot. Right? All of a sudden, well, they were sitting at the table and nothing happened. It was all quiet. All of a sudden, Bri ugh, Bridget's daughter, Tara, looked in the mirror and heard a hissing sound, and then the TV turned off, which is creepy. After an hour or so, they were all sitting at the table again, and they heard someone kick the door. That's all that happened. <laughs> Daylight came. The kids went to school. Whatever. Um, she fed the dog before she left. Um, then Carrie, the psychic, sent Cindy to talk to a man named Kurt, who told her she was doing all of this to herself. Um, <laughs> Carrie, oh, nice. right? Like he had told her that everything with Jake was happening because of her. All the haunting stuff was happening because of her. Whatever. Um, Carrie then told her to stop taking people to the house because someone was going to end up getting hurt. The realtor called and said she finally had someone who wanted to buy the house. Um, her uncle Nick wanted to tour the house before these people bought it, and Cindy agreed. She's dumb. Nick's girlfriend, and I put girlfriend or wife, <laughs> showed up with a whole bunch of people. And then Jake also showed up. And oh, now, no. I'm sure he caused problems. Right. Uh, Bridget and her husband also showed up. Some of the women said they were going to do a tea reading in one of the rooms. And against Cindy's... What was he eating? One of those thin mints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. And against Cindy's wishes, they decided to do it anyway. It started getting unbearably hot in the house. One lady screamed the name Stephen, and you could hear her being knocked into a wall. The lady came out of the room with a swollen, bloody lip, and she looked at Cindy and said, It's evil. But yeah, no duh. And come to find out the reason it was hot in the house is because Jake and Bridget's husband turned the heat up to mess with them. So it wasn't even a paranormal thing that was happening in that aspect. But the woman getting beat up was. Right. Um, a week later, Jake's dad took a turn for the worst. He was really sick. And Haley had offered to watch the girls at the spook house, is what she called it. 
Um, halfway home from seeing Jake's dad, Cindy had a bad feeling about the girls and the house. They got up, they got to the hill and noticed the house was completely dark. Ooh. Yeah. The kids were playing with the V, playing and the VCR started to rewind and they got scared and ran out. Cindy's mom came to pick them up and I guess they didn't have cell phones. It was, on, it was 91. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Definitely not. I mean... They may have had like a it was them big pager, ones. yeah, or like a pager thing, and then you have to go find a payphone to call people back. Like it's that one scene in Hot Tub Time Machine. Hey, you'll never believe where I'm calling <laughs> you from. The mountains on my cellular phone. Oh goodness. So, a few days later, Cindy fell asleep and she left her body once again. She. She was still in her mom's apartment, but everything was different. <laughs> she remembers looking at the counter, and there was an old-fashioned Coke bottle sitting there. She could hear the TV playing, and when she walked into the living room, she stood there looking at herself lying on the couch. She saw a mass of energy moving around her body. Her, the midsection has, was lit up like a cross. The only time she saw the cross light up was when the energy cloud tried to touch her. The cross? Yeah. The cross! She went back into her body and woke up. Yay. The next day, she was supposed to meet Jake to do laundry. And I once again went too far. She got there and he wasn't there. His mom said that he had left over an hour before that and she didn't know where he was. So she unleashed the dog and walked into the house alone because the dog stood on the porch. <laughs> right. She stood in the kitchen and yelled at the evil inside it. Haley showed up to help her do laundry. They left to get some food and when they came back the clothes were still damp so they sat at the table to eat. Suddenly, Cindy knew that they weren't alone. She could feel someone watching them. Um, so they, like, bolted out of the house, left everything but the clothes. They took the clothes, of course. Did she just go through it? No. Oh. Um, two more people were interested in the house, but they couldn't get their loans to go through, and Haley had gotten kicked out of her house. They agreed to move back into Cindy's house together. No! Right? Lindsay refused to stay with... Lindsay refused to, so she stayed with Cindy's mom. They had taken some of the stuff up to the house, and when they got back to Cindy's mom's house, she pulled around the back parking lot when a yellow van blocked her in. She locked the doors and rolled up the windows. And he just wouldn't go away. So she finally rolled the window down a little bit. And the man said, I know what's going on with you. He said, I know why these things are happening in your house. He told her his name was Stephen. Um, Isn't that the name that was yelled out during that yes. thing? Uh, the man started telling her about things that had happened in the area before she was even born. She heard the same stories from people who had been there their entire lives, but she had never seen this man before. He told her to tell her mom to be careful because her house wasn't wired very well. He started talking about Cindy's house, telling her that the evil wanted her to sacrifice herself. Um, she noticed that he had blood on his forehead. He said something about a little boy and a little girl and said one of them was killed trying to protect the other one from their father and then asked if she had seen a little boy inside the house. 
He told her to go to the library and gave her a day and a year to look up. The month was March. He said the answer to what's been going on is in the newspaper. He then asked her if the girls had ever been physically hurt. He said not to let them go into the house. And then he said that he wanted to go into the house to sacrifice himself so it wouldn't bother her or her girls again. <laughs> right? Uh, well, excuse me, sir. I don't think so. And he... I guess he got into his van and he kept, like, rolling his window down and he was saying, come on, take me to your house. No. <laughs> no, I will not, sir. So, they get out of her van and run into Cindy's mom's apartment and then the man just had disappeared. Cindy and Kendra went to the library and they told the librarian, like, the dates that they needed of the newspaper and it was on one of those little mini reels. Microfiches. Yeah, things. Um, they were going through it. The day they needed was Saturday, and the film was missing for Saturday. The librarian didn't understand why it wasn't there. You're very distracting. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got a baby. He now I don't know where I was at. They looked up okay. the thing and it wasn't working. So they couldn't find the reel for it. So Jake went and bought a trailer. <laughs> and Cindy was very against trailers because she, I guess one of her friend's trailers had burned down. Oh, okay. And, I mean, some trailers are very nice, but they're not safe. Right. And stuff like that, I guess. Um, so he went and bought this trailer without even asking her about it, knowing how she felt about trailers. Um, but she was like, whatever, I guess they were tired of staying at her mom's house. They were supposed to move in with him on a Sunday. So they went there. All their water was rusty and the toilet wouldn't flush. So she decided to move back with her mom because <laughs> she just wasn't dealing with it. She went to tell Jake they weren't coming back, and he told her that she wasn't going anywhere. She noticed that some of her things were missing, and Jake said he didn't know where they were. Um, so, Liar! Right? So, once again, Cindy decided to take someone else to the house to look at it. Oh, my goodness. Stop that. Right? Uh, so, when they get there, they smelled something. They didn't say what it smelled like, and it was following Cindy again. The woman told Cindy that she had a good spirit in the house, too, and she was shocked that the smell of whatever bad was around her had turned to a smell of roses. That sounds oh. like trickery. Uh-huh. Cindy then took Allie to the house, um, and Allie, like, jumped and said something had stuck her. Bridget then found a trailer and told uh told cindy she would help her buy it if she wanted it um so she was a little iffy about it but then she went and she decided that she loved it she decided to move in and start cleaning she had to go to the other house to do laundry everything seemed fine until they made another trip upstairs and all at once the bathroom door slammed sydney had slammed the door and begged cindy not to open it she said the doll on the TV was looking at them. She looked out at the doll, out, and the doll was indeed looking at them. They ran out of the house. Cindy had to go back and get the curtains they brought to wash. When she went inside, everything seemed fine and normal until she walked into the utility room. 
Um, she bent down to get stuff out of the dryer and she heard voices all around her. She couldn't under she couldn't understand what they were saying, so she started praying and then ran outside and jumped in the van as fast as she could. Absolutely, Scooby-Doo. Good job. She put the curtains up when she got back to the trailer. Her and the girls sat in the middle of the floor and prayed that the evil wouldn't find them. Her biggest fear was that it would follow them to the trailer. Um, she heard a knock at the door. It was her neighbor, Amy, who was friends with Kendra. Amy babysits Brett. Oh. So, what a coincidence, right? <laughs> Kendra told Amy there were a bunch of guys up at her house and that if she didn't come up there, she was going to call the police. So, Cindy loaded the girls back into the van. And what? You're loading the girls up right? to go take care of a dangerous possible situation? Well, there was no one else to leave them with. Leave them by themselves. It's safer than taking them to no. a possibly dangerous situation. Um... So, the young men wanted to tour the house, and Cindy agreed. Oh, my goodness. Right? The guys offered to use their trucks to help Cindy move her furniture to the new trailer. They picked, nice yeah, they picked up one of the couches, and one of the guys yelled to put it down and ran out onto the porch. There was a trail of blood from the couch to where he was standing, and he felt like something had stuck him with something. Ooh. Um, they still helped her move, though. They even set up the beds and stuff for her. That's so nice it turns out they were nice. Nice little gentlemen. Yeah. Um, she finally got everything moved out of the house, and she went back to clean it. When she opened the door, she found that the kitchen ceiling was now on the kitchen floor. The floor was soaking wet and plaster was everywhere. She called the realtor to tell them that when it was fixed, she'd let them know and they could put it back on the market. She remembered her cousin. Uh-oh. Um, where am I at? She remembered her cousin telling her of construction work. What? Telling construction workers not to dig too deep. Oh, my gosh. Not to dig too deep or they'll let the devil out. <laughs> and she remembered that her and Jake had dug up all the flowers and the roots the first day they were there and wondered if they had dug too deep. The house finally sold in the fall of 1992. Jake and Cindy parted ways, but they still kept in touch because of the girls. Kendra and Brett moved off the hill shortly after the house sold. Cindy's Aunt Joy had come to her in a dream again and told her she was going to have another baby. She, she thought the dream was crazy because she had been told she couldn't have any more children. A month later, she woke up with what she thought was the flu, and on September 4th, 1993, she gave birth to another little girl. But who's the dad? I don't know. Oh. It does not say. Cindy, Lindsay, and Sydney were still having nightmares about the house, and they still sleep with their bedroom lights on, and the Bible is always open to Psalm 91. Oh, speaking the of... End. Here. I'm going to... Because it, it's referred to Psalm 91 so many times. You're going to read it for us? Yes, but only because Psalm 91 was used by uh, exorcists in uh, Judaism... Uh, to 
work with uh, or get rid of demons. So it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. At thousand, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near. You're, you will only look with your eyes and see recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a rock. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So that's Psalm 91. Hmm. That's not really what I was expecting it to be. What were you expecting? Well, the beginning I was expecting, but as it continued on. I wasn't expecting the ending of it. Like, I'm in what way? Um, like I guess I just wasn't expecting it to be so long. Oh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Sixteen verses. Well, we've read longer passages on Sunday. All right. Well, that is it for us here. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to go check out our Patreon. Uh, we have a GoFundMe. Ah! Whoa! Whoa! Cancel. Oh, We have a GoFundMe uh, for the FPCA. SPCA. Yes, SPCA <laughs> uh, for Falkir. And um, anything else? I think that's it. Check out our flyers. Be very cool. <laughs> all right um follow us on instagram facebook all that good stuff and we love you all stay spooky and curl up so that the boogeyman doesn't get your feet bye-bye say bye no